Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I, I, I. Good morning, patrons. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, oh, what a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the morning. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. Now that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mike Lucas. I am guessing that there's not one person, one soul out there who could guess what we were just talking about before coming on the air. No. Not one soul could guess what we were just, the three of us, <laughs> me, him, Vogel, you, General Ben, were talking about. Bowling. 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 And, and which Quaid brother was in the movie, <laughs> Kingpin. <laughs> and I was asked, have I seen that movie? I said, no, never even heard of it. Oh, you got to watch really? it. Really? Yeah, you got to watch the bowling scenes, if nothing else. Bowling. Look on YouTube. <laughs> and I love bowling. My dad used to run a bowling alley. Really? In Iowa. Yes, when oh. he was a young man. Because Bill Murray certainly gets, in the movies that he's been in, he gets uh, 70s, 80s, bowling alleys, golf courses, you know, country right, clubs. Right. He understands all that and played those parts well in movies. And I think we got going on, I'm not sure how we got on, oh, on this top. Oh, I asked Ben if he was going to watch the Badger game tonight from the bowling alley in Wanakee. Yeah. What, the, what's, the, what's the name of it? The Wanna Bowl. What else would we call it? Come on. Warrior Bowl or Scott something. Scott Adler like runs a great joint down there. And then, yep. I, sh- and then I shared that uh, I was on in a bowling league on a bowling team Except we got kicked out the second week. <laughs> Were you the Holy Rollers? Is that the no, name of your team or something like that? that? was kind of, it would be a name that not even Mark Murphy would utter. Oh, <laughs> boy. No, I don't believe that. We had that. some questions because no one in the league understood what it meant. And so we got we passed the first censorship. <laughs> but then they didn't uh, like the fact that we considered every frame a beer frame. They didn't like that. I don't know what's you had Mark Murphy that. introducing your team and it took forever. You could never actually get to the. Bowling! Bowling. Oh, man. I, once in a while, I'll mistakenly get on the channel where the bowling is. Oh, God. I'll watch some of it. They, they be, they've become, over the last 10 to 20 years, such showmen. Yeah. Haven't they? Yeah. I mean, they really, they, they try to, they try to liven it up as much as possible. They got a studio audience that they're all chanting and cheering. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, for that little niche sport. Yeah. You know, I've been to the Bowling Hall of Fame. In St. You Louis, have. I have. You got to be crap. No, no. My wife and I. Why were would in... you ever want to go to? It was, that? Well, it, it turned you out have to be pay a... to get in. <laughs> probably, we but should it, tread it turned lightly. out to be great. We should probably tread lightly on this subject. Number one, one of the bowling capitals of the universe is Milwaukee, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, but got, everybody there, everybody sure. there owns their own shoes. We're not bowling. disparaging bowling because we all bowled and enjoy yeah. going to do it. I have no like problem bowling. with bowling. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, any sport you can drink and eat at. I mean, oh, absolutely. On. Well, this is we had some time to kill. We were going to a Cardinals game. We were happened to be down in St. Louis, my wife and I, and across the street from Old Bush Stadium, and even at first New Bush Stadium, but they've now moved uh, the Bowling Hall of Fame since was the Bowling Hall of Fame. So we're like, well, let's go in there and take a look. So we paid and we wandered through. Was it worth it? 
Yeah, it was interesting to see some different stuff uh, like in what? the basement. They also had a couple of lo- uh, of lanes you could bo- you know bowl for so free. You, in. So you guys are too young to remember pins when they had guys behind. Oh yeah, the yeah, lanes. Yeah. Pin sitter. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know what they you are, know. but I've yeah. never bowled at a bowling alley like that. But yeah, I've heard of it. In older movies, it's always like the worst gig for a teenage kid. Like the high school kid is always working at the bowling alley, having to change those, and he's like, "I can't wait to get <laughs> out of here because he's pins? Pin yeah, sitters? Uh. because the people are always rolling the ball at him hard." Did you ever? <laughs> <or something? No. laughs> That's what, what I would do. Yeah. They have. They also have a sport with the small ball. It's not. A oh, I've seen you know that before. Saying? I think it was big in the eighties. Yeah, it was. Oh, totally different effect. Uh, so I apologize for starting off on bowling. My intent was to start off by asking Vogel if he was still angry about Mark Murphy today, as got, angry as he was yesterday. Got more so as the day went on. Why? In fact, I had How a coworker. He, he didn't. He stopped talking, didn't he? Uh, My wife I'm not asked sure. Me last night, she said, "Does he ever stop talking?" I said, "I'm not quite sure about that either." I'm not sure because I heard from more people, and I actually had a coworker who's a, a football fan, a Packers fan, but had not heard the press conference. So I queued it up for him on Packers.com, and I said, just listen to the first 12 to 13 minutes, and then tell me Which what you think. Which was all Mark Murphy, the first 12 right. to 13 minutes. And he was sitting there going, I don't think there's anything. If I said, how many people have you heard from so far? He goes, yeah, that is odd. I haven't heard from the coach yet. I said, no kidding. You're this far into it. And then I played some I've more for him, some believe, of the highlights. And I don't know Mark Murphy. I've got to believe he felt like he had two people, reticent individuals next to him, and his no. new head coach, Matt LaFleur, and Brian Gutekunst, who doesn't say much. No. Don't you think he felt like he had to be aggressive and assertive and he was all of the above nope. and too much? Nope. Uh, well, I agree with what you, you said. You give him zero benefit of the doubt no, I ever, don't. Rob. And I, I agree with what you were just saying there. You said about that he felt he needed to be uh, aggressive and what was the other word you used? Uh, no, okay. aggressive and assertive. Uh, aggressive and assertive. Okay. So I agree with that, but not because he felt that he had these two guys next to him who wouldn't speak as much. Because Goody's a good speaker. He's fine with his answers. But I believe Mark Murphy, this was his... This is his moment Goody in the sun. Yesterday? I was look, let me look at this playlist. We didn't even hear from Goody much yesterday, did we? There's only one cut. Well, that was probably it. Let's hear from Brian Gutekunst. Because this number one, Goody. The things he'd done, how he'd coached. When you look at the quarterbacks he coached in, in Washington, the different kind of skill sets they had and how he adapted, and certainly in Atlanta, what he, what he did there. And when we got in the room with him, the presence that he had in front of us just made me feel like he could coach our whole team. He could drive our team to where it needed to be. That's a good soundbite. He has plenty of them when he's allowed to speak. Well, we only have one of them, though. I, I, I think I, I – so maybe see if you agree with this, because I think this was a conversation off the air uh, and mostly with Dr. J yesterday that uh, Mark Murphy reminds me of the middle school to junior high dad who thinks he's the coolest dad in school. Or if you've watched Modern Family, the character Phil – one of the main dads in there that laughs at his own jokes more than the other people laugh at his jokes, uh, thinks he really has all the answers. I just, I don't understand where all this hate for Mark Murphy's coming well, from. That's, is that's Vogel. He hates him. Well, no, but it's not. I mean, I mean, how that Ted Thompson's gone, Mike McCarthy's gone, are we now hating on Mark Murphy? Because nobody could ever hate on Aaron Rodgers? No, the question is, there one, has to be somebody we no, can hate on? Raised, course, about the structure. That's, well, I, I understand the basis of that. Why is everybody reporting to him? Everybody. I mean, why is the GM left out of the loop? Because Who's the, the top of the food chain? Well, that's not the way the structure has been run in Green Bay or nor most places. The general manager has more of a say, and he's not he's not handcuffed by what the guy, the CEO is, is thinking about. There's a number of NFL this, teams this where the team, GM is well, handcuffed. And they don't do well. And this, and this structure is totally different than any other because I'm part owner. 
And the, you right. should, guys exactly. should pay respect to that. Yeah, like, and, yeah. and all of that stuff is separate I deserve separate a little bit me. more reverence on <laughs> exactly. both of you. Well, I totally agree. The owner here to my right should have True. more say in True. everything. And I agree with the questions about the structure and the way it's all working right now. That's separate for me. My, my issue is he's a bad public speaker. He's bad when it well, comes to this press conference. Yesterday. Me, he was bad in his other press conference. They shouldn't have him front and center in this stuff. Give me a little Murphy number four. Murphy Ford. Over that, that first month, uh, we met on a regular basis. Uh, we did all kinds of background uh, research on different candidates. Uh, we made calls. We vetted candidates. So we really, we had a, and we cast, and you'll see, obviously we cast a fairly large net, but, uh, you know, it was much, lo- much larger than the 10 people we interviewed. Nothing wrong with What's that. What's the matter with that yeah. comment? No, nothing's wrong with that. Okay, Rip. think about it. So I just joke, I'll give you the, the here's the brief recap. In in his press conference the other day, he spent 12 to 13 minutes before anybody else spoke, including the person he's supposed to be introducing. How about we get to the headline, the head coach? Didn't do that. He disparaged, cut down, ripped down, however you want to put it, every other candidate besides LaFleur that they interviewed. Said none of them impressed him or the rest of the guys. There was no need for that. You don't have to rip those. Ripped on Mike McCarthy during the press conference. There was no need for that. And the biggest thing is, I don't think he gets that he does that. He just can't stop talking. He's and then hater. it ends up happening. Vogel's a hater. You so have a lot of hate for yeah, him. I just yes. He needs to see some. I mean, but I don't want Ted Thompson. What is his goal going Goody into speaking. that press conference to sell the guy he just hired? To introduce the guy he hired. To sell no, to, to the, the Packer. Guy. No. To introduce the guy. He's got to sell his hire to everybody who's a Packer fan. And here's the other thing from a public speaking standpoint. He can do that. Okay. He goes. He acts like How a about guy. We go wait. back to what I just said. He's got to sell the candidate That's to the fine. fan base. And, and I'm saying he, he doesn't have to, but okay, fine. What let, do you let mean me, he doesn't have to? Let's just say I agree with you. Let's just say I agree this with you. Is, this the is the first time head coach in his you're, 30s. You're missing the point here. The point is not what he's supposed to do. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But how his execution of doing it was. He came up there to act as if a guy who was not going to get a second chance to talk. If the job he had gets, to lay it all out there for 25 minutes, like he wasn't going to get a question that he could do many of those things. If the that's job why, gets done, I don't care how it's done. That's why he pulled enough, out the crumpled enough. sheets of paper out of his okay. boys, jacket pocket. Boys, behave. <laughs> this gonna, always I'm going to send you both to your room without dinner. <laughs> this always happens I'm going to do I'm that. Here. I'm going to send you both to the room without dinner. Okay, they've silenced the shrieker at Northwestern. What? Yes, yes they that. have. No. They've silenced the shrieker, and we'll give you a little early preview on Badgers Boilers from the Cole Center. 8 o'clock tonight. We'll come back with that next on Lucas in the Morning. We stand on We walking in this We are Simpson with a wraparound, Teske and one. Well, he turns your head. So that will do it. Michigan matches the best start in program history, 16-0, as they come on the road and never trail, despite Illinois hanging around for much of the night.
Michigan, a 79-69 winner over hapless Illinois. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Speaking of hapless, Ogle and Gentle Ben continuing their argument about Mark Murphy <laughs> during the break. I mean, I, you got to put an end to it, fellas. No. Leave but, it alone. You know what we're going to do off. afterwards? We're going to do one of those DNA tests because I think he somehow is related to Mark Murphy and I don't know it. <laughs> my goodness. And for that, I apologize. For he's your, my cousin. Your crazy uncle being. No, uh, he's my cousin. Like Serge Ibaka was somebody else's cousin. <laughs> it's Phil's. Phil's. Right. At least uh, our arguments are friendlier. Dr. J mm-hmm. and I, it almost comes to blows. <laughs> well, because this is Whatever. all fun. This is fun. Whatever. Uh, Michigan, number two in the country. Michigan and Virginia, the only unbeaten teams in the country. I just bring this up because a week from Saturday, Michigan will be here for a brunch with the Badgers special. <laughs> a brunch 11 with o'clock, the Badgers. 11 o'clock tip. What's in the menu? Well, hopefully Wolverines. <laughs> so you go from last call with Purdue to brunch Road with the kill, Badgers. Buddy boy. <laughs> Wow, there's the extremes. What's the that eight, now? You go from last call with the wolf, uh, with Purdue to brunch with the Wolverines from yeah. the eight o'clock to the early morning. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, last night too, Nebraska won its twentieth straight home game. That's the longest uh, active streak among power five, five power five conferences in the country. Twenty straight games, Huskers have won at home. They beat Penn State seventy sixty four. As I said earlier, Purdue will be here. Do you remember the Purdue game from last year, fellas? Yeah, I was there. Isn't that the Frank Kaminsky yes. jersey Frank retirement slash ceremony? Wisconsin upset the Boilermakers. They were they were slumping a little bit. They had lost two previous games, including one to Michigan State. They come into Madison tonight having lost to Michigan State. A totally different team than the one from last year. Four starters have moved on. Now Carson Edwards is still around. Carson Edwards, Ethan Happ, two of the premier players in the Big Ten this season. Edwards, uh, cold to say the least. And Big Ten play thus far had a tough shooting night against Michigan State, but you know that's going to change. He's too quality of a player. He's Hopefully gonna, not for another game or two. Well, you, you, would, <laughs> you would hope that, too. I teased this segment by saying that Shrieker has been silenced. At Northwestern, they have a student named Emily Harriet, and she's known for her shrieking at games. In fact, she, she, looks she like. shrieks so much that it has become annoying. I I have never been in her presence, so I don't know how annoying it is. But it got to the point where the school said enough, so they silenced her. So you can't do this anymore. And she's like uh, the president of the student section at Northwestern. She's apparently a great person, a Mm. great fan, but the shrieking has bothered everybody. (laughs) Now, do you think that's fair or foul, (laughs) that you silence the shrieker? Should a fan be able to shriek if Uh. that fan, he or she, wants to shriek? I guess it depends on when. If if the opposing team is at the free throw line, I'm all for her shrieking, right? I mean, don't you want her to try to distract them? She was bothering everyone in their section. Yeah. I guess how much you're doing it, too, if you're doing it the entire game. I mean, because, if you're doing it the length of a now Mark before, Murphy press conference, then stop goes, already. Well, no, I'm, I'm looking over here. Before anything comes out of your pie hole, think about it. Right, before you hit send on this. Yeah, Murph. Because I, I see you laughing at something. And I'm afraid to go to you. Well, you know why? No, because what was his you. first reaction? When you brought up the story, what was What's his first reaction? Like? Let me go see what she looks like. Right. <laughs> he had to see what she, she looked did. like as if that so mattered for so the story. So don't hit sad. <laughs> I want to say out of this one. Don't hit sad. What do you got there, Murph? I'm what did you find? No, little I'm Murph. Be little Murph. She looks like... No, never mind. No, you better. No, I'm out. Away from out. No, that's totally Murph. I mean, do you guys... See, now you're way too young. At White Sox games... Cup games, more so, I think it was. Marlo? They had Ronnie Woo Woo, who'd go Woo Woo during the tire game. You oh. remember that? Yeah. Woo Woo. Yeah. Who's the lady Who's that was Who's a Chicago there? legend? Wasn't there like a lady? 
Ronnie Woo Woo was not a lady. <laughs> I know Ronnie Woo Woo wasn't a lady, but wasn't there a lady that was... Well, I'll ask you this off the air. Yeah, Ronnie Woo Woo yeah, was I actually think, in the story. I think our conversations from this point forward should be off <laughs> well, the air. You know, in the, in the Cleveland baseball games that now, what it, well, it used to be Jacobs Field, Progressive Field, whatever it's called now, but they have the guy beating the drum way oh, yeah. out in left field yeah. in the bleachers, and it'll be constant during a half inning when they're batting, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this would give me a headache. You if know how challenging here. that has to be for the drummer? Get to keep going because <laughs> a half an inning of baseball can be a long That's time. True. You have Mark Murphy press conference. But, yeah, the whole Teddy, Teddy Greenstein is a friend, writes for the Chicago Tribune, very praiseworthy of Emily, but said it just got to a point where nobody could – could handle the shrieking anymore. I want wish see if you call Google and see if we could get Emily shrieking. Oh, I've got. To. Have you ever been at, at a sporting event where someone was just obnoxiously yelling and not profanities or anything, but just it got to you a little bit, got under your skin that they were just too loud or obnoxious at the, all the wrong times? Have you ever been at an event like that? When the Packers press conference? No, yeah, I've been at an event like that. Yeah, that's why you you I think. Well, you were talking about watching games uh, at a bowling alley or a bar. bar yeah. yeah, and I sometimes have problems with that because of the the people around you. Whether they're not watching or paying attention, and then they chime in, chime out, and about different stuff and ask questions or rip on things where you're like, okay, that that's stupid. Of course, they've got to call a timeout there or whatever the the thing might be. So it's like I'd rather just watch it in my at home, you know, in the living room without anybody else doing that. This is a critical stretch for Wisconsin basketball tonight against Purdue. The Cole Center followed Monday night. The Badgers will play at Maryland. The opening game of tonight's Fox doubleheader is the Hoosiers at Maryland. That bears watching. Both teams have only one Big Ten loss. And then, as I mentioned, a week from Saturday, Michigan is here. Um, the Wolverines will play at home against Northwestern, so they'll still be unbeaten when they roll into town. And that's I w- I'm hoping the crowd will, will be into it tonight. There are no guarantees with the crowds at the Cole Center. I'm hoping it would that the eight o'clock Friday night start will just lend to itself to more energy, maybe in the building. Is that possible? Am well, I what's the student delusional? situation? Are they around? Are they no, back? No. Uh, so some of them that are can back. Play, yeah, that can play into it. Class uh, starts what the twenty second, twenty third. I know Graham Mertz is coming to town oh, this weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Which one of us is following him around campus yeah, all day? Uh, little Murph. Little Murph there? Are you going to follow little him Murph? around? Yeah. You follow yeah. him and give us an update on how his class he- schedule is going. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I thought there was music playing oh, for a second. There was no. there was a hum in my head. Wait, wait. Well, t- time out. We're gonna play something. Sp- you politely held up instead of just jumping into the conversation, like. Well, yeah, you because rip on something. Because no, I wasn't going to rip on something. I was just gonna say We've I will take the night shift. I refuse to I'll, let him talk. I'll take the no. I was gonna say I was gonna take... say something sexist is what you were gonna say. Where you? Yes. I continued to read this article about the shrieker, yeah. and I feel horrible now. But I feel bad for her because she, like you said, she's a true fan. Yeah. She's really trying she to get her students fired fan. up. She's a smart student. The she seems genuinely surprised by all of this that people are upset with but her. But it has to be bad. Okay, Come on, you gotta, yeah, you right. I'm with that, but, but I, I feel bad for see her. See if we can get any audio of shrieking. Well, here's a video. I don't. All State Arena. I'm here with Emily Heron, and she is the one who you often hear yelling during the games. So, what motivates you to do this, Emily? Do you find that most people here appreciate it, or do you have people who tell you to pipe down? Um, I mean, for the most part, I'd say they appreciate it. 
you know, I, I mean, you know, I'm sure that like the Twitter sphere doesn't necessarily always appreciate it because you know they're afraid to break their like computers. But honestly, for the most part, everybody here has been super supportive and happy and think it's fine. Well, you're a TV guy. He's got to have a shriek. Oh, he does. Shriek. He does at some doesn't point. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But as I hear her talk, I even feel worse for her. Because she seems like a genuine fan. Well, she fan. is. That seems. She is. No, She's yes. a good fan, except nobody wants to hear her shrieking anymore. I can understand that. I mean, when you go to a, some sort of event, any kind, and somebody's holding up like a big tablet or iPad to take pictures with or video with, you're annoyed because it's blocking your view. Or even if they hold up their phone and they're blocking your your view. So there's lots of things, whether it's uh, yelling, talk. I go to I go to a Badger football game, and the four fans behind us are doing nothing but cursing in their conversation. Yeah, and I got my 11 true. year old. It's kind of like, hey fellas, could you just a little bit kind of keep an eye on this? So I feel bad for her. I think we've silenced Little Murph in the process of this segment. <laughs> yeah, little, little Murph <laughs> is over really there. quiet over there. I can hardly wait for the break. He's jotting things down in I'm his le- tease yellow a break legal pad. That you will not be privy to. <laughs> I enjoy my job, so I'm just going to be. Oh! Oh! Whoa, okay, Murph. <laughs> Second hour of the show, we'll be talking about Andy Baggett. 715, Voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay will join us at 745 to get his own personal preview of what's going to happen tonight at the Cole Center between the Boilermakers and the Badgers. All of that and much more coming up on Lucas in the Morning. I mean, it's definitely a, it's an awesome, uh, I mean, he's a guy when you step into this building, uh, you see all the hard work he puts in, you see how he talks to everybody in the locker room, he's just a great person, a great football player, a great competitor, uh, I mean, see, you just try to emulate a guy like that, so for me, I just want to come here, be a guy that's respected in the locker room, works hard during practice, uh, just trying to keep a smile on my face, uh, no matter what's going on, I mean, I just try and be a dependable football player and a dependable teammate. Sweet fate, James White. I love that background music. Why don't we just leave that up a little bit? We'll talk about sure. the games this weekend. Does that sound fair? Welcome yeah, back. Yeah, I have a couple other morning. ones, too. We'll rotate through. So. Okay, that's cool. Uh, Vogel, gentle Ben. Th- this is an intriguing matchup for Badger fans, isn't it? Chargers versus Patriots. you got Melvin Gordon. you got dueling tailbacks, Melvin Gordon and James White. Uh, that was White talking about Tom Brady. Tom Brady can't say enough good things about James White. He can't. No, uh, and there's a great article by Ian O'Connor on ESPN.com that's titled James White Knew the Patriot Way Long Before He Met Bill Belichick that talks about James White's upbringing and the discipline he had and how he seems to be the perfect this, fit for Bill Belichick. Was his dad military or not? Uh, not no, he was a he was in law enforcement. Okay, he was a cop. Yeah. Uh, what was the ty- I'm just doing their job titles here. Tyrone uh, White, uh, who's now editor of a newspaper. But they were both in law enforcement. White started as a cop with Miami-Dade Force. Right, right. Yep. His family was very supportive when James played here. They went to just about every game. And his mom, Lisa, a probation specialist. Plus, he was just one of the nicest little guys you ever meet in your life. Little? (laughs) He was little compared to to (laughs) what we're thinking about in today's game. I mean, he's not that big. He's built well. Uh, 
his shiftiness in the open field is why mm-hmm. he's the leading receiver for the New England Patriots. Why he's got 87 catches. You look at the he's numbers he's he so had smart. at UW. If they were anywhere else, they'd be like, wow, what a great running back right. and send up. But he had such but great he, teammates he was in that backfield. by, overshadowed by people here. Yeah. yeah. put it that way. What an amazing backfield I heard, uh, who's the guy that precedes us? Travis, Clay Travis? Clay Travis, I'll kick the coverage, yep. Has Bub, did Bub come back from Christmas vacation? Bub. Who's Bub? Water cooler Bub. Oh, oh no. Oh, yes. The guy's a bubbler. Oh, yeah. Ben hates it. Oh, no. Do yes. I have to? Come yes. on, Murph. Yes. Get him. I don't want to. Bub! This is his Water first appearance of 2019. Oh, of course. It happens when I'm here, then. Yes, yeah, it. to <laughs> hang out in your office. Get up from your desk and go. This guy's a loser. No, he is not a loser. Find a real job. He's got one. He hangs by the water cooler. <laughs> yeah, it's a job. Huh? He's Mark Murphy's nephew. <laughs> All right, so listen to this. I, I got <laughs> stole this from Travis. Uh, last 15 NFL games, the underdogs won 14 of them. The underdogs won 14 of the last 15 NFL games played. Consider that. The underdog. So does the that underdog. go back? That goes back to the regular season then, too? Or, okay, because I say, how many games were in the playoffs last week? Isn't that, that's that a many. good stat now. Yeah, that's not bad. All right, so let's take a look at some of the games. You can pipe up the, oh, you want the music, back? music in again. All right. So the Patriots are favored by four in New England. Uh, I don't know who I'm rooting for in this one. Who do you like? The, the New England game? You, you're worried about thinking, even considering rooting for New England? Like us, other than James you White? Said, you know, the, the I can't num- root for Belichick. I got to root for the uh, MG3 and the Chargers. Patriots are 8 0 in games this year in Gillette. Uh, the only team to be unblemished, unblemished at home. Wow. Uh, Tom Brady is 7 0 against Phillip Rivers. Yeah, he's never beaten Tom Brady in his career, ever. Uh, Rivers' lone victory against the Patriots was in 2008, came against Matt Castle. Yep. Matt Castle. So you're taking the Patriots? I'm gonna, no, I'm taking the Chargers. You're they rooting got, for the Chargers. They've got one extra you, Badger. They've got you, a Watt brother. Yeah. That's, so how, who that. would have thought at the start of the playoffs or even the start of the season, the Watt that would be still alive yeah. would be not J.J., would not be T.J., would be Derek Watt. Huh? Yeah. The tough thing is, is that that postseason home field advantage winning percentage. What is In nine postseasons, home teams are 26-10. and 10. Uh, winning nearly three or four games but is hard to go. go but the, the trend now is the underdog, so who knows? What, what yeah. do you got over there? I want, I want the Chargers, but every time you try and count out the Patriots, they always win. Every time, especially at home. They're at home. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs are favored by five over the Colts. This they're they're going down. Oh, they before are I can not, even set it up, you're saying you're taking the they're, Colts. They're not good at Arrowhead, especially in the playoffs. Any read, not good in I'll the playoffs. I'll bet you a donut. Really? Yeah. Because I think too much has been said about the Chiefs' defense. Right. Too much has been said about Andrew Luck well, and the being rushing, invincible. I, I just well, the rushing I like Chris Ballard. Don't get me wrong. Chris Ballard's the GM yeah. in Indianapolis done a heck of a job. I think it was just pointed out by your guy Clay Travis right before this show today. Uh, the struggles of rookie quarterbacks in their first appearance in the postseason. Not good. This will be Patrick Mahomes' first postseason game. So... You add that with, as you said, so Andy Reid has not been good the in the playoffs. Too? The KC Chiefs have not won a home playoff game since Joe Montana was their quarterback. Mid-90s. Yeah, so, 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 I'll go donut for both of you guys. I'm right. going to go with the Chiefs 
I mean, I what, want the Chiefs to win. I do. I like the Chiefs. I like a lot. both teams. I like the Colts story. Like you said, there's a Badger connection. There is the Andrew Luck comeback story there. So that's got to go. I don't story. like Ursay, their owners. Like, well, yeah. just can't root for him. But he has nothing to do with this game. Well, according to Rob, he would because then well, he'd be Mark Murphy. So he well after the Colts won their last game, Ursay <laughs> did have a crazy okay. rant in the locker room afterwards. The Rams are favored by seven <laughs> over the Cowboys. The Rams by seven. Uh, big Rob Havenstein starting right tackle for yep. Los Angeles Rams. I, I want the Cowboys to go away. I'm tired of the Cowboys right now. This is kind of unrelated, but did you see that yacht that Jerry Jones just bought? Yeah, we were talking about it yesterday. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Pretty ugly though. It was a pretty ugly boat. Come it's on, a, Murph. Ship. Well, it's not, was it a well, ship or a boat? Well, it's a, uh, it's a yacht. Paid for double, almost double what he huge. paid for the Cowboys. All right, so who do you for? like this? Rams, uh, Cowboys. Let me ask you this. If the Rams lose, what does that do to this narrative of everybody running uh, to hire the McVay yes. uh, protege when they go 0-2 yes. under McVay in the postseason? Yeah. If they were to lose. Uh, it raises some questions, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I can't root for the Cowboys. Just can't root for them ever. So I'll See, I can Rams root here. for the Cowboys. And I, I just, I don't think they have enough firepower on offense to overcome the Rams. They don't. Right. They right. have a good defense though, and we've seen some good defenses yeah. do well against the Rams. Saints by eight, so the the biggest favorite of this weekend, and rightly so, New Orleans Saints over the Philadelphia Eagles. They routed them last time they played. What do you think? I really like Sean Payton. Drew Brees going Saints. I heard an interesting thing from Tony Dungy uh, yesterday. Nick Foles magic, poof, gone. Tony Dungy mentioned, you know, we always ask when a teams have a rematch, who has the advantage? The team that won the first time or the team lost? His reasoning for the team that lost the first time having the advantage is they know they have to change some things to what they did the first game. The team that won feels like we can't change because we won. We'd be crazy to change things up from what we did. So you're kind of in a bind of not doing anything, and the other team can expect what you're going to do. So I... Not that I'm going to pick the Eagles. I'll go with the Saints, but I, I can see the logic there. An advantage. This is a different Eagles team now. So did we take any underdog? <laughs> Probably not. Because <laughs> no, what did, fun did, would that have been? Did any of us take an underdog? That stat game? meant nothing. That's see, we didn't have to hear from Water Cooler Guy, and we all would have been fine this but morning. The stat but. does mean something, because the underdogs won 14 in the last 15, and we didn't take one underdog this week. You have so to, the, you have to the go with the home rises. team. And the is it is there. winning outright or just covering the spread? Because no, it, is winning outright? Okay. I, I Covering the spreads too challenging. Yeah, I can't. I can't pick against the Saints. I don't so. understand spreads either. All right, but we got a donut. We got a yes, donut. On the I can Colts understand the donuts. Yes. Okay. So Colts and Chiefs. I've got the Chiefs, and you got the Colts. Yes. Let's make this perfectly clear. I have the Colts. You have the Chiefs. Yes. I have Kermit the Frog and the Chiefs. That'd Patrick, be Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, your yeah. guy, Patrick Patty. Mahomes. MVP. Him and his ketchup. The MVP. So I've got the Chiefs. It's going to be Andy Reid's year, finally. I hope so. I really like Andy Reid, man. His, tr- his coaching tree has been far more impressive. They've had success so far. Yeah. See if the McVay one can be similar. Notorious chokers in the playoffs. Yeah. Who do you think Packers? How can you have a... Okay. If you're a Packer fan, who do you root for this weekend? Is there one team you'd pull for? Anybody. Who would you root for if you're a Packer fan? I think Andy Reid, right? Because of his connection? No. Yeah. Most Unless Packer the Badger. And, and he, I think he, it nobody all... Nobody knows he coaching It's Green. already really? Not out. even Mark Murphy knows that he coaching Green Bay. <laughs> it's already worked out perfect for the Packers. The Vikings missed the playoffs on the last week of the season. <laughs> then the Bears <laughs> lost in heartbreaking fashion oh, yes. at home in the first week of the playoffs. Couldn't have worked out any better. And they lost their D coordinator, too, which is even better. Couldn't have worked out better. Second hour of the show, we'll be visiting with Andy Pack. We'll ask Andy about comparing a Melvin Gordon with a James White.
some of the things that he saw in covering both those players. Well, both were here at the University of Wisconsin, 745. Matt LePay will give us an exclusive inside look at Purdue and Wisconsin. All that coming up on Lucas in the Morning. I want to wake up where you are. Loose ball picked up by Mills. Mills finds the trailer. Bryn Forbes. Bobble the pass. Got it down low to Aldridge, who lays it up and good. Well, Marcus Aldridge has scored 51 points tonight, and the Spurs lead by two. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Vogel, gentle Ben. Lamarcus Aldridge finished with 56 points. Lamarcus Aldridge, double overtime. Spurs beat the Thunder, 154 to 147. And I bring this up. Because of a couple of interesting numbers. Aldrich, obviously, 49 minutes, 56 points, 20 of 33 from the field, 16 of 16 from the free throw line. Russell Westbrook played 50 minutes in this double overtime, <laughs> scored 24 points, had 13 rebounds, had 24 assists. Wow. And only three turnovers. He played 50 minutes and turned it over only three times. And I know there's a lot of critics out there of Westbrook. And he can't shoot from three. He was 0 for 4 last night and shouldn't even try that shot. Mm-hmm. Man, he's got skills that are incredible off the charts. Honey? And they've, I think the Thunder have lost a couple in a row. I know they lost the, the Timberwolves before that. Well, the Spurs are 25 uh, and 18. Uh, the Thunder 25 and 18. So there you have it. They're pretty even right now. I guess 25 and 18 would be even. And the Spurs had had a rough patch earlier in the year, but they're bouncing back. They've been playing well as of late. And once again, Popovich has a decent team despite you know the loss of Kawhi Here's Leonard no- and everything else. Another note from the game: Spurs were 16 of 19 from three-point line. 16 of 19. So Bellinelli was five of five. Bertans four of four. I mean, the bench alone was let's see, some 12 of 12 of 13 from beyond the arc. Yeah, the bench crazy. bad. You hate basketball. I forgot. No, I don't hate the you NBA. You do too. You hate basketball. It's way too you early. You like football. Though. And I, here's a programming note: Bill Scott will join us at 7.30 today, okay? Bill Scott will join us at 7.30. Normally he's at 6.30, but today he's going to be at 7.30. Josh Gosser uh, not around for today's show. So Bill Scott, who will break down Mark Murphy and the Packers' new coach, Matt LaFleur, and what he heard from that press conference the other day. Pick up on something you just said. You said uh, that it's too early when you're for talking me, about yeah. basketball. Because I was reading an article yesterday about the Bucks. And is it too early, you know, for fans to get on the bandwagon and join? And this this mindset of they got to prove it in the playoffs and win a playoff series. Why is it that way for the Bucks more so than other Wisconsin teams, be it the Packers or the Brewers or even the Badgers? This prove it mentality. When obviously this team is different, they have a different superstar than years past. You can't hold them accountable for what's happened in the nineties or eighties. Most Buck fans would would be disappointed if this team didn't get out of the first round. They would be very disappointed, and I would be too. Yes. And I think they'd have every right yes. to be disappointed because they're going to finish relatively high in the standings unless yep. the bottom falls out here in the final months. And I should point out that Giannis is the leading vote-getter for the All-Star game and could be the captain, one of the captains, Eastern Conference. He's number one, followed by Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Jimmy, your guy, Jimmy Butler, the <laughs> coach killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are among – that's the front court voting, Kyrie Irving, D. Wade, D. Wade, Kemba Walker – Ben Simmons, Victor Oladipo are the leading guards in the East. The downside, however, though, to that mentality, and I totally understand it about the prove it winning a playoff series, is that 
You missed the ride. Enjoy this. Well, you know, the Bucks haven't done this. Enjoy it, whether it's, you know, writing articles, reading articles, going to games, cheering for the team, whatever, watching the games. Enjoy this because it hasn't come around. Once the second weekend of the NC2A tournament is done, I will be all on the Bucks. That's when I truly dive into the NBA. But you've been paying a little attention. Well, I have. Yeah, like I keep up with it, but not like watching games from start to finish like I will because, you know, beginning in late March. They are. Yeah. And I know that. Just the conference in the league. Right. Yeah. I just feel like people are going to miss out if they wait till show me in the playoffs. I I get that mentality, but. But I think they're watching now, aren't they? Aren't they following? He just said he wasn't. Well, I said I don't watch games start to finish right now. I will tune in and tune out during the course of a game. Sure. Yeah. Once. Once. NC28, he's going to begin shrieking yeah. all the Bucks games, <laughs> right? He will be oh, the Bucks shrieker. That'd be great. Me yep. and Emily. Everybody yep. has to have a role. Uh, second hour of the show. <laughs> let me give you the lineup now. <laughs> 7.15, Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com. Bill Scott. Bill Scott will join us to talk about the Packers at 7.30. 7.45, Matt LePay here. Break down the matchups between the Boilermakers and the Badgers tonight from the Kohl Center. All of that coming up on Lucas in the Morning. <laughs> Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. Here's Uncle Lukey. Thank you very much, Eddie Gaga. Let's start with a little Mary J. Blige, 48 years old today. One of the greatest goaltenders in college hockey history, Mark Barron. Mark Barron. Oh, no. he, he's so upset he didn't have his microphone on as he was going, oh, God, when you said hockey but goalie. I went to high school with his daughter. So. Right, 58. Oh. Mark's 58 today. I have a soft today. spot for him, I guess. 58 today. Madison LaFollette's finest was the most outstanding player in two national championships for Wisconsin Hockey, 81-83. His only goaltender ever play in three consecutive finals, college hockey. Member um, of the 84 Olympic team, wasn't he, as well? Yeah. For the and just a couple of years ago, retired from the Madison Fire Department after 28 mm-hmm. years. The Barons, five generations of Barons have been firefighters, or with the fire department, including his dad, Phil, I've known forever. He spent 36 years with wow. the fire department. Yeah, that's truly, amazing. Truly great. And Mark Barron. I mean, when you talk Badger goaltenders, you've got to bring up Mark Barron. Am I saying he's automatically number one? No, but he's definitely in that discussion to be the best ever. If you measure by championships, you start there. Oh, yeah. He's got a couple of those. Yeah. All right, did I go Sean on on number two here? Dennis yes. Green, 70 years old today, today, today. Ah, Alexander Hamilton would be 264. There's some dispute <laughs> on when he was born. Right. Was that the idiot that died in a duel with Aaron Burr? Uh, yeah, okay, I'm gonna take this pen and, Yeah, I'm gonna throw this <laughs> right through your eyeball. You just called Alexander Hamilton an idiot, one <laughs> yes, of our founding yes. fathers. He was one of our founding yeah. fathers. All right, here's uh. your little quiz, boys. <laughs> Name the president on the bill, okay? Dollar bill. George Washington. Two dollar bill. Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson. Good, good. Five dollar bill. Honest Abraham Abe. Lincoln. Yep, he did Ten dollar bill. Alexander Hamilton. $20 bill. Uh, Andrew Jackson. $50 bill. Ulysses S. Grant. Whoa! $100 bill. Benjamin Franklin. And there once was a $500 bill. Oh, I never <laughs> had one of those. No idea. Uh, yeah, no guess. It was discontinued quite a few years. McKinley. 
Wow. Oh, okay. Great person. You guys know your currency. Would have never guessed that one. Ah, uh, the Judds, Naomi Judge. You're probably a big fan. You like country, don't you? She's 73. I mean, I could go on a rant again. This is when country was country, not the crap they play now. Oh, my. Inside of you is a 75-year-old <laughs> cranky man. I know. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Oh, and I love it. And there's nothing wrong with being 75, but you're also cranky. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Very cranky. And I Get love it. Get off my lawn. Uh, Chocolate Thunder would have been 62 oh, today. Daryl Dawkins. Dawkins. <laughs> they, I don't think they have an official list of players who broke backboards with dunks. <laughs> they but should. he'd be on the top of the list along with Gus Johnson and Shaq. Because they, they the Gus Johnson? The, remember Gus, Gus Johnson? Johnson who played for Seattle the play-by-play guy? No, 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 no. Because they've changed the, the construction of backboards where you can't just pull them down and break them anymore. True. There's one other guy that has to be on that list because he's ha- his has the most famous call of breaking Jerome a backboard. Yeah. Send it in, Jerome! Yeah, our guy Rath. Loves Tron. Remember Planet Love Tron? <laughs> yes, he's a wild character. Uh, e Street Band, Clarence Clements. Oh, the big man. Would have been 77 today. Oh, you like Clarence Clements? Oh, I love Bruce Springsteen. You guys agree on something? Yes, we do. If this is a good day for Dr. Oh J goodness. not to be here because he hates him. How can you hate Bruce Springsteen? Uh, I don't uh, want to get in and rehash it. I want to be in a good mood today, oh. Murph. I, I don't want to do this. So you guys... Are on the same page, same wavelength on something. But we usually agree on music. Music we can agree yep, on. Yep, that's true. That's you, true. Are you a big Bruce fan? Yes. Really? I he I have to see him in concert once in my life. Oh, I've you have to do it. How many times have you seen? Double digits. Yeah, you got to go see him. I have concert. to. Yeah. When was the last time you saw him? Uh, last time was it uh, when he was in Madison? It might have been when he was in Madison. He played at the Coliseum. That's probably the last time I saw him. Well, last birthday, Chris Ford, seventy years old today. Why? Why is that important? Why should that be important to anyone in the state of Wisconsin? Chris Ford. Not the former Bucks coach. Yes. Chris Ford and former Boston Celtics. What, what did is he, his distinction? Did he also make the first three-pointer yes! ever? Congratulations. The first Wow. Triple. Nice trivia there. 1979. That's when the line went in effect. That was the rookie year for Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. I always oh, think of Pistol Pete. Sharp today. Nice. I always you think of Pistol sharp, Pete, though. Sharp, sharp, yeah. sharp. And how many points he would have if he had a three-point line? Oh yeah, because when he averaged nearly 50 a game in college no, with really. no three-point line. Well, with you two, we got to dumb it down, but not today. Wow. No, that's when wow. Joel's in here. Oh, that's when you dumb that's it down. Not nice. Brian Bosick next on Lucas in the Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, what a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the morning. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) 
Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mike Lucas. One college football note, Temple is expected to name Northern Illinois coach Rod Carey its new head coach today. Carey, 52-30 and 30 during his run at Northern Illinois. NIU, 47 years old, won a couple of MAC titles, so I bring this up because uh, Joe Rudolph interviewed for that job. Rudy, the uh, offensive line coach, offensive coordinator for the Badgers. It'll be interesting now to see what Northern Illinois does since Sean Frazier is the athletic director, and Frazier worked for Barry Alvarez here, so he's very familiar with Rudolph, but I'm not quite sure if Rudy would be interested in pursuing that opening. Joining us now, Brian Posick. Brian's time is brought to you by On Ice Promotions with the program to enhance your game, your skills, and your potential. Good morning. Hi there. One guy that could get the Northern Illinois job, Thomas Hammock. Yes, former star in another former and Badger, former Badger's assistant. assistant. Yep, exactly. Thomas with the Ravens now, right? I believe that's correct. Yeah, Thomas is blowing up a little bit. Have you seen him? You're going to get personal <laughs> now. No. Yeah, I saw him on the sideline of there. Are you going down the Rob Vogel route here? Whoa, really? wait, what? He's what? Pick no, on he's people's a, he's appearances? A no, he's a friend. Okay, uh, but, uh, you right. know, you worry about his health because he's uh, he had to give up football because of uh, a heart-related right. condition. He, right. he, he was a heck of a running back at Northern Illinois, and it would make sense too. Uh, bring back an alum, right? Oh, sure. And I'm, I'm sure that he, that right he, after it. one of Thomas's goals has always been to, to be, be a head, head coach. coach. I'm sure. Great you person. You can't talk about the guy's appearance and size while I'm Brian's not. pulling out a big donut. <laughs> chocolate donut. Big chocolate donut. This is like the stuff. highlight of my morning, or at know, least Thursdays and Fridays. When and there's you come a list here of things you could bring here. up. Hey. Whoa. Oh. Yes. Finally, it's He's got a list, and he's checking it twice. It's time for Uncle Lukey's list. Here's Uncle Listy. I mean, Uncle Lukey. Well, I saw this story this week in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Um, There are a list of concerns with the WIAA regarding officiating and the lack of officials. Nobody Mm. wants to officiate anymore, so they've initiated and I, a dear mom and dad, cool it. That's their initiative. Mm-hmm. And let me read you one statement from uh, the WIA's director of communications, Todd Clark, quoting. Uh, there was a op-ed, a column that he points to: the parents of high school student athletes in our state are not only causing a stir, they're also causing a problem. We have a shortage of licensed high school officials in Wisconsin. Not only are experienced officials retiring, but younger officials are quitting. Why? Because of parental abuse, end yeah. of quote. Yeah, and it's not only happening at the high school level, but other youth sports too. You know, AAA hockey or uh, youth hockey, I've seen it Soccer. at ranks all the time. Soccer is ridiculous. I mean, people just need to relax. You know, I mean, 99% of the kids that you watch any given Saturday or Sunday in the rink or on the field or on the basketball court aren't going to be playing after their high school days anyway. You know, just just relax. Everybody's got this... Big pie in the uh, what is it called? Pie in the sky, pie in the sky. attitude. You know that uh, their kid's going to get a, a D one scholarship. It, it, you know you, you're fortunate if it if it gets that far. But if you're if you're pushing officials like that, how do they treat their kids when they're at home if they don't play no, I well? Understand. Oh my god! According to the WIAA, eighty uh, percent of new officials quit within two years because yeah. they don't want the hassle. Right, and, and it comes from parents, but it also comes from coaches, but more yes. so from parents. There there was um, uh, there was a, a hockey tournament down in Janesville that they had to cancel. I'm not sure if they canceled the whole thing, but a number of games because they didn't have enough hockey officials last weekend, and, and that's that's just kind of the way it is. It, it's it's in all sports, too. It's not just no, basketball I, and football, which most people think of. It's, it's all the way across the board. 
So and some of these, you know, at that level, you get paid for it. But I mm-hmm. see it within youth sports, and sometimes you'll see parents get on yeah, officials, yeah. and I have to remind them. You know they're not even getting paid. A lot of them are these volunteers. These are volunteers yeah. just doing this so we can right. play these games and do this stuff. And even even worse when you know it's youth sports and it's kids who are umpiring. You're like no. this kid's in junior high for heaven's sake. He's just learning how to umpire. I get the frustration right. over a bad call, but come on. Have wait. any of you no, officiated? No. I did when I was I in did. high school. I was yeah. a baseball yeah. ump. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did in college just at the intramural level, and and I actually walked off the floor after a guy shoved me because I called him for a foul. I said, I'm well, not put his hands on you? Oh, yeah, he shoved me. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> what a jerk. Whoa. Yeah. Did you blow the call? Was it the right no, call? No, I, I called him back-to-back. Uh, one one offensive foul and then a blocking foul on him because I was ticked off that he yelled at me after I called an offensive foul on him. And, yeah. But he was clearly not set. and He was just trying to, to bait me. And so <laughs> oh, I, I, I took the bait. I called him foul second time. He shoved me, and I walked off. You should have punched him. Uh, he was much larger. Oh, than well, me. then that's then yeah. you did no, the no. right thing. I, yeah, I, I'm not a I violent person. Him. I, I would have like, punched him. Not I a was the umpire for slow pitch softball in Beloit. Yeah, you, know, you, you only had one umpire. Too, yeah. Yeah. You're talking about men yeah. playing the game who are drinking, oh, yeah. probably, and if who it's are slow drinking. pitch softball. Yeah. Right. And this one guy where the diamond is, there's a hill. He got in his car. Started honking his horn and yelling, <laughs> cursing at me. Didn't like some of my calls. Wow! And I, I, like, okay. I never went back and did. Yeah, I did no, it. Oh, I would summer. do that. That's awesome. Thick one skin, summer, man. thick skin. Just thick doing skin. adult flag football. I got an appreciation for the calling pass interference. Yeah. I hated that call because it's like every time they're oh, bumping yeah. with each other. Oh, yeah. You could throw the flag every time. So when we complain about it watching a Packer game, I'm like, yeah. I know that they should get that they're professionals, but I know how that stinks. Yeah. I loved youth football. They just ran oh, the ball yeah. every play. Right. Anyway. You, you exactly. come from the football hotbed. Of all hotbeds, what's it? You guys are probably always on the official. No. Oh gosh, come on. No. Yeah. Uh, you, the fans. So big, fans. You are you talking fans it? or coaching? Fans. Both. Both. Well, for sure. coaches have a right to yeah. to go to a certain point with officials. Fans do not. I agree. I agree. Hockey hey, uh, Saturday ho- night. Right? Hockey tomorrow night. Um, you know, I know Wisconsin fans aren't aren't happy with where the program is right now. Tony Granato and his staff are building it back up, they believe. They've got three of their top recruits that will be in town tomorrow night with the United States under-18 team. Who are Owen, they? Owen Lindmark, who's a, a fine uh, two-way centerman. Alex Turcotte, who's a playmaker and could be a first-round draft pick. And Cole Caulfield, who's from Stevens Point. His brother Brock plays on the team right now. Cole will likely be a first-round pick, too. He's diminutive. He's five foot seven, but he has 28 goals in 33 games this season, 12 in 15 games against Division One teams. He's bigger and, than Duke. Uh, he's bigger than Sean Doogie. By the way, he's third all-time in national program history in goals scored cool. with 82 behind Patrick Kane, who has 84, and Phil Kessel has 104. Uh, keep there. So tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at the Kohl Center, you can see three future backs. Good enough. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, you too. Brian Posick, hear him again next week, right here, same time, same place. <laughs> uh, when we come back, uh, first, tease, at 7.30, Bill Scott will join us today. 7.30, Norman Bizweather, 6.30. Today, 7.30, talk about what he saw at that press conference the other Matt LaFleur, what's his expectation for Matt LaFleur? When we come back, uh, James White, Melvin Gordon, who is the better tailback? What are their strengths? We'll talk to Andy Baggett about both next on Lucas in the Morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely uh, it's an awesome uh, 
I mean, he's a guy, when you step into this building, uh, you see all the hard work he puts in. You see how he talks to everybody in the locker room. He's just a great person, a great football player, a great competitor. Uh, I mean, see, you just try to emulate a guy like that. So for me, I just want to come here, be a guy that's respected in the locker room, works hard during practice, uh, just trying to keep a smile on my face uh, no matter what's going on. I mean, I just try and be a dependable football player and a dependable teammate. That would be former Badger Sweet Feet, James White, talking about Tom Brady. Joining us now from UWBadgers.com, Andy Baggett. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good, guys. You all right? Yeah. This is kind of an attractive matchup, Los Angeles Chargers at New England with Melvin Gordon, MG3, Derek Watt on one side and James White on the other, don't you think? It's um, it's it would, should certainly have Wisconsin fans interested. In it. I don't know, I don't know how many people would watch it. Otherwise, I think the playoffs kind of get people uh, cranked up to a large degree. But I think having such a such a prominent influx of Wisconsin players, prominent Wisconsin players in prominent roles, makes it even more attractive. I know I'll be watching. What separated James White and Melvin Gordon from some of the other running backs that you were able to cover over the time? Here at Wisconsin, oh, boy, that's that's a good question. They were different backs, uh, I think, uh, and and I think we're we're seeing their strengths come to life in the NFL. I think James White was, uh, I don't know the, the if he was used as a, I don't know that his all of his talents were embraced to the degree that they probably that maybe they could have been. He was uh, he was very good at at. Uh, uh, producing in the running game, but in the past game, I think they could have done a little bit more with him in that regard. And, and, and maybe his profile would have been higher, but he just always struck me even in high school. I mean, it, it's been pretty well documented that he was, he was kind of a second fiddle in high school. He was kind of a second fiddle here. And, uh, it, it took him to get to the NFL to, for his, uh, for his star to shine as, as prominently as it is right now. But the, the Melvin, I just think had a, had a, there was a switch somewhere inside of him that he just had. He, he had a greater knack for the spectacular. And uh, James White is, uh, and that's not a knock against James White. He's one of the most dependable, productive guys I've ever seen come through here. But but Melvin had that 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 ability to, to electrify you and, and uh, keep you on the edge of your seat. And he, in this era where uh, it seems like most guys want to be the star, they want to be the man, whether it's in college on the big man on campus type thing, or as the pro, and they're craving that that attention and the money and everything that goes with it. How did, how did James White attitude uh, deal with that, and what you saw from him, especially as a as a Badger, where you said in high school he wasn't the main guy; he was kind of a second fiddle. In college, you got Melvin Gordon, uh, you know Monte Ball, John Clay, whatever it was, depending on the on the given year, where he wasn't the man. And even in New England, he hasn't always been the man there. They have no shortage of running backs and options there as well. Well, he's. I think. I have a great deal of admiration for James White because of because of this character uh, element that he has. There's you can't. It's hard to teach selflessness. It's hard to teach humility. And and I think James White, uh, coming up through the ranks here, always always put that on display. It was the team first. It was uh, how is the, the the big picture being uh, being put together, not not his personal picture being put together. And, and uh, those are you know, you, sometimes you don't realize it when you're when you're staring at them, what what the uh, or watching them play, what the, how that is is coming to life. But 
it only comes to light. You only see when he leaves. And I think that's been the case with James. He's just, he's always been an unselfish player. And, and I, and to me, that's, if that's not the greatest compliment you could pay to a, to, to an athlete, it's pretty darn close that, uh, consistent and, and humble and, and productive and, and team first, those guys are, those guys are rare and, and, uh, and couldn't be happier for what James White is doing with new England. All right. Do you see any common threads between these running backs, Ron Dane, Monte Ball, Anthony Davis, Melvin Gordon, James White, and Jonathan Taylor. Well, first of all, start off. Pardon me? They're a diverse collection of talented running backs. It's a diverse collection of guys that, uh, you know, not to deviate from your question, but it would be fun to take, to sit down and take the, the, the number one strength from each one of those guys and build yourself a tailback. All right, well, let's start. Yeah. Ron Dane, what would, would be the first thing that comes to mind with Ron Dane? His durability. Uh, look, especially looking back on it now, how, how, how he was called on to carry the ball as much as he was. Uh, he's, uh, he, that workload uh, was, was extraordinary looking back on it, and, and uh, his ability to, to, to take punishment, to deliver punishment, to do it as often as he did was, was, was pretty extraordinary in the circumstance. Ben brought up a good point, his feet, for someone who was 267 pounds. Yeah, because... he was well. He was he was a, a a prominent track athlete in high school. I mean, he there he he had he had Olympic caliber numbers or Olympic trial caliber numbers. I believe in in in, in some of the weight events, and and he's and I think that's where that that footwork came from. But he was he was so extraordinary. He's he was, I think he more than anybody he, living up to the hype. He came in with a lot of hype, and he more than lived up no, to it. No, I would agree. And I think with an Anthony Davis, you could throw in Michael Bennett, but straight line speed, right? That would be the first oh, thing. Oh, no doubt. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And, how, about, and, uh, how about Monte? Monte, I just go back to something that Brett Bielema repeated often uh, multiple times. He, he had a nose for the end zone, and sometimes uh, he, you would think that that would be a, a kind of a – no-brainer for a tailback, but he just had a unique ability to to find his way, pick his way to get there. And and when when uh, a, a touchdown was needed, he somehow provided for it. And and there's some and there's some beauty in that. Yeah, and James White, best receiving uh, tailback, no, no, maybe no ever. doubt, and, and best way on his pro numbers. And and well, that's that's what we've seen more so. I, I would like to have seen a little bit more of that oh, yeah. when he was here. How about Melvin, what what the one strength that Melvin had? Explosiveness. His well, that's a, his strength is his strength. I, I think he's underestimated in his ability to uh, to break tackles and to create space between him and defenders. And his he's he's probably the most fun to watch. Uh, if you're going to sell tickets uh, I, to to to, the, to all these guys playing, I think it, it, no, with all due respect to everybody, I think Melvin would be the, at the top of the marquee just because of his explosive. And JT23, vision, balance, poise. I think a great be? combination of all. Uh, there's a, a little bit of every one of those guys in him, and that's why he's so special because he's uh, he's able to, to tap into, into those into those resumes and, and, and turn himself into uh, quite the player. Andy, have a good weekend. Thank you. You two guys, enjoy your days. Thanks, Andy. Andy Bag, when we come back... What impression did Matt LaFleur leave on Bill Scott? Bill Scott will be here to join us, share his take next on Lucas in the Morning. But I-
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Football is not always easy. You're, you better navigate through some adversity, and I, I was proud of that. You know, we went nine and seven. It certainly didn't live up to the standards that we'd have liked. I mean, that's what we're judged by is the wins and losses. We had an opportunity to have a play-in game the last week of the season, and unfortunately, didn't get it done. But I, I know that I would not be the coach I am today without having those experiences. Matt LaFleur talking about his one season as a play caller for the Tennessee Titans. Bill Scott is brought to you by Metro Ford of Madison, where you get two years prepaid maintenance on any new or used car purchase, MetroFordofMadison.com. Good morning, Bill. Morning, Mike. Some of your takeaways from the press conference the other day and the introductory press conference from Matt LaFleur, which was stolen by Mark Murphy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> I was uh, I, I was sitting near the back of the room and uh, continued to say, all right, already enough, Mark. You know, get I on with gotta, the main I, course. I, I just got to tell another story. That's what he kept saying. I got oh another my. story. And then he, and then he'd start telling a story, and then he get sidetracked by something else. So, uh, you know, you know, I, I th- thought it was interesting. You know, it, it's a, a obviously a very young coach, but he apparently stole the show in the interview that he was the one that knocked their socks off. Um, and yet when it came time for the interview, he was extremely nervous. I mean, for the press conference, I thought he was extremely nervous and and kind of stammered around a, a little bit. So, you know, I don't know if that means anything, but I – that that's was one of the things that I took from the whole from the whole ordeal. I I thought that too, and then I also wondered, as you said, that uh, they mentioned that he blew him away in the uh, in the interview. At the same time, he uh, Mark Murphy basically criticized everybody else at the interview and said that they weren't impressive. So I wondered if it was by default that he was more impressive than everybody else. Yeah, you know, he he, he said that he was. Uh, how did he put it? He was. He didn't know if everybody that they talked to actually appeared to want the job is, is the way you know uh, the way he phrased it so yeah I, I thought that was interesting but you know it, it's uh anytime you get a new coach especially uh especially one that hasn't been a head coach and one with limited coordinator experience or play calling experience it's just a it's a wait and see approach you know you can i mean i, I think he's uh genuine with everything but until he's put in the situation and difficult situations as a head coach you know we don't know should we just assume mike Petton is back as the defensive coordinator i would assume that um i you know we've, we've obviously heard a, a number of credible uh organizational reports that uh w- would indicate that so um and and i know he's you know supposedly working on the offensive coaching staff at the moment uh it, to me it would lead you to believe that there's not going to be much done on the defensive side and that what few changes there will be will be uh, something that will be 
addressed once he kind of gets done with the offense. Bill, what's your one question about Lafleur? I mean, he's been uh, mentored by some pretty good people, young coaches. Um, there's always the concern, I think, nationally that everyone's chasing the next McVeigh, and that guy might not be out there. And that would be my number one question: um, Is you know, does he have this job because of who he's attached to, or was attached to, and and once he's out on his own, can he do it? You know, to me, that's that would be the the bottom line question. But you know, again, we're not going to know un, un, until they start playing games for real. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and then the other one was, you know, is this going to be, and maybe even maybe should be first in line. Is this the guy that is going to be able to rein in Aaron Rodgers, or is this, or is or is Matt Lafleur a puppet? for Aaron Rodgers. No, it's a legitimate question because it all revolves around the quarterback. It does, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it absolutely. In, in fact, you know, if you recall when McCarthy was fired and uh, and, and and Murphy and Gutekunst did the press conference, he said uh, he he said that while they will welcome input from Aaron Rodgers, they're they're not concerned with running things through Aaron Rodgers and and all that kind of stuff. And yet before they actually hired uh, hired Matt Lafleur, um, they told Rogers to call him before he was even hired, before he was offered the job. So, uh, to me, it, it would it would appear that they are running through things through Aaron Rodgers. Which, you know, which is okay by me, but it surprised me they didn't bring Lafleur into Green Bay before hiring him and have him sit down and talk with Rodgers and other people well, and other personnel. Especially since he wasn't on anybody. Yeah, no, yeah, nobody else was interviewing him. Absolutely. Like just having lunch with him and then Aaron Rodgers happens by in the cafeteria well, going, fine. hey, coach, how you doing? No, you bring him <laughs> in. You say, you're going to sit down and talk with Aaron Rodgers. Right. We want to see if this is going to work because the, the future is dependent on it. Right. Yeah, I, no question about it. And uh, – you know, and, and and then on top of that, and and maybe this is, you know, it doesn't mean a hill of beans, but I, I you know, I, I thought, uh, I thought Vic Fangio was was a guy that the Packers would at least talk to. I mean, he's the guy that they haven't been able to to work around for the last couple of years, and you know, and and he doesn't even get a sniff. Bill, with this uh, round of coaching hires nearly complete, there's still a couple of jobs to be filled, but it doesn't look like Mike McCarthy is going to be getting either of those jobs. Are you surprised that McCarthy uh, hasn't been hired by somebody for another job? And do you think one of the reasons he hasn't has anything to do with the public perception that's out there about his relationship with the quarterback, his offense, and Mark Murphy once again in the press conference feeling the need to put in there that uh, they had uh, grown stale maybe a bit? Well, I'm I'm sure that's the uh, I'm I'm sure there are some people out there that that's the reason why they didn't contact him. I'm I'm really surprised that uh, whether it was McCarthy or whether it was John Dorsey or or whatever. I'm really surprised that they didn't at least kick the tires in Cleveland. Yeah, maybe the relationship between Dorsey and McCarthy isn't as tight as we imagined. Though, right. Too. That's yeah. a possibility. I I think now he's in pretty good position to collect what eight to nine million dollars and see if Pittsburgh just completely uh, unravels because uh, that would be an opening where McCarthy would seem to be a perfect fit or even Seattle if Pete Carroll retires. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I think taking a year off, spending some time with, with the family, um, something you don't get a chance to do very often as a head coach for any length of time, I, I think McCarthy's in a great position. He gets paid. 
and uh, and he'll recharge the batteries, and he'll be ready to go in a year. No doubt about it. Thanks, Bill. Have a good weekend. Okay, you guys too. Thanks, Bill. Bill Scott is brought to you by Metro Ford of Madison, where you get two years prepaid maintenance on any new or used car purchase. MetroFordofMadison.com. What are some of the key matchups tonight between Purdue and Wisconsin at the Kohl Center? We'll ask the voice of the Badgers next. Matt LaPay, who joins us right here on Lucas in the Morning. We've obviously got to do a good job with them in transition. And um, like I said, the, the multiple three-point shooters and, and the pressure that Edwards puts on your defense all the time um, is something we got to be cognizant of. They still will throw it inside specifically when Harms comes in. But, you know, at, at times it almost looks like they have five guards on the floor. And their mobility, that's probably the biggest thing that jumps out. It's, it's more moving parts on the floor and it puts more pressure on your defense. And I think their offensive ascension has helped their defense too. Wisconsin coach Greg Gard talking about the Purdue attack led by Carson Edwards. Matt LaPay, our Badger Insider, is brought to you by Middleton Ford. If you don't see the Middleton Ford logo, you pay too much. MiddletonFord.com. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, given the graduation losses for starters, what kind of team are we going to see tonight at the Kohl Center? Uh, a lot younger, um, kind of like Wisconsin last year. Um, you know, Obviously, the, the, Purdue hasn't had the number of injuries that Wisconsin has had, but it's a it's a different team in that um, they're they're still efficient, really efficient offensively. But they're not. Uh, when you think of Purdue, you think of uh, some pretty good defensive teams as well through the years, and they haven't been as good in that area to this point in the season. Doesn't mean they don't have good players. They do. No gel Eastern can be a very tenacious defender, and, and Carson Edwards is just an all-around tough player at both ends of the floor, but they're going through a, a growing process right now. Some guys off the bench, Aaron Wheeler, Eric Hunter, their freshman, Travion Williams, who might end up starting tonight, but I would, even if he doesn't, I would imagine he would play some significant minutes because he was the bright spot for Purdue in their loss Tuesday in East Lansing, but it is a, um, you know, Edwards has been around, Ryan Klein's been around. Um, but it is, uh, it's different in that they don't have the experience that we're used to seeing, and they don't have the, the impressive defense, at least yet, that we're used to seeing with Purdue basketball. Man, obviously people handle challenges in different ways, especially young people. Uh, someone like a Demetric Trice, when he goes through what has been a tougher stretch the last few games or since that, that Marquette game, as teams have adjusted and done different things to him, is he the kind of kid where you can see it get mentally into his head and he's grinding on it, sees it as a challenge and, and finds ways to just get the job done? How, how is the makeup of Demetric Trice you see in, in dealing with some of the, the challenges that are being thrown at him now? Well, I thought it was impressive that after the Minnesota game, he reached out to the coaches uh, via text messages with Greg Gard and, and Dean Oliver saying, hey, uh, what do I need to do here? Help me out. Uh, what's missing? Because when the shot doesn't fall, and it hasn't for him, and nor was it going to at the clip that he was knocking him down the first portion of the season, as Greg Gard has mentioned many times, you're not going to maintain a 60% uh, three-point shooting clip all year long. Uh, if you do, that would probably be kind of a record, though, I would think. Uh, you're going you're gonna to hit a skid. Teams are going to scout you, and they have, and they've defended him with – their best perimeter player, um, which I would think Purdue's probably going to do that quite a bit tonight. But I think the key is to not let it affect your other areas. And I thought that was a good step in the in the Penn State game. The shot still wasn't falling, but he was distributing the ball. He was playing good defense. 
he was securing the basketball. The assist turnover numbers were good for him. So that that was a good sign. And you figure if he just keeps plugging away that he's going to start knocking down shots again. Uh, at, at a clip better than what he has been of late, probably somewhere in the middle of what he's been shooting of late as compared to the first you know, 10 games or so when he was almost out of this world good. But as long as it doesn't affect the other parts, that's a positive sign, and I thought that was a, a big sign in his favor coming off the Penn State game. Michigan and Michigan State have separated themselves from the others in the Big Ten. You get the feeling that we won't know who that number three team in this league is until mid-February or yeah, February. Pr- probably. It's a pretty good scramble, and I, I still wait for Michigan to, to hit a bump or Michigan State. Uh, there's going to be a, a road trip probably, uh, hopefully, for Michigan. That's a week from tomorrow from Wisconsin's perspective. But, yeah, I think you're going to have quite a quite a scramble here. I mean, the goal is if you can, if you can't win the league, is see if you can get into the top four anyway heading into the conference tournament. Uh, but uh, this is where I think the depth of the league is really going to come into play. So that it's so important to protect your home floor, steal as many as you can on the road. But this, this would, for still a fairly early portion of the Big Ten season, that's what makes this game pretty important here for Wisconsin. Andy Katz and, and some other pundits are picking – the Big Ten to have ten teams in the NC two A term. That seems excessive, but um, it's a little bit too early, I guess. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think right now, if you look at it, it certainly would appear to be the case. But there's just so much that can happen if it's an injury or just a, a prolonged slump by a couple of teams. Uh, but I, I, I do think it, it speaks, and this isn't just a you know a Big Ten wonk uh, like any of us talking about this. This is. Uh, you know, a more national view and how people look at the Big Ten Conference and the, and the word depth has been used repeatedly and, and with good reasons. So I, I think we saw it the other night, Rutgers, which is, we all know, has had its struggles, but we also know it can beat teams on its floor, as Wisconsin has found out a couple times. So it, it beat Ohio State earlier this week, and that's just another example, I think, of, of how dangerous every game can be. We'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about uh, the Brewers and the acquisition of Grandel as their starting catcher. What can he bring to Milwaukee? A bat. Uh, a lot of offense. They, 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 as good as Manny Pena is behind the plate, and Eric Kratz certainly has provided, he provided a lot as well, his work behind the plate, and some timely hitting. Uh, the numbers offensively from the catching position weren't what anybody over there would have wanted. So Grandal, while he can struggle, as we all have seen uh, in the playoffs, it really started to unravel for him in the championship series. But overall, the numbers defensively, while not great, are a little bit better than you might think. But he's a guy who can get you 20, 25 home runs, uh, maybe more at Miller Park. But there, there is offense there that they think has been missing um, that maybe with Grandall, this is Grandall's gambling on himself. He turned out a pretty good deal with the Mets. He's got a one-year deal at Wisconsin. Of course, we should all have a gamble where the worst thing will happen, we'd make $18 million. But if he has a big year this year, then he, he launches himself into a pretty sweet deal next year. But definitely a little bit of help at the plate. Any chance that his flight from the West Coast could just stop on by and pick up Madison Bumgarner and bring him with as sure. another addition? 
Sure, sure. You'll chip in for that, right? Absolutely. I, mean, uh, I you know, I, Mark, Mark Ananasio is willing within reason. So, uh, but if you yeah, have Vogel, if you want to go ahead and chip in a, you know, a couple million of your own, yeah. uh, I'm sure they'd be, they'd be all for that. I got some frequent flyer miles. I can pay for the flight anyway. There you go. You can pay for the soda. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. We'll see you tonight at the Cole Center. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. Tip off eight o'clock. Tip off eight o'clock tonight between the Boilermakers and the Badgers at the Cole Center. Last call next. Lucas in the morning. It's about playing our best football, uh, learning from the things, and, and then I also think that, you know, being into year two, last year was a great year for us, being able to win the division, very fortunate to be able to do that again. We have a lot of respect for the Dallas Cowboys, but we expect to win this game. I think that confidence is something that's been earned every day by our players, and then we got to go out and prove it on Saturday night against a great opponent. That, of course, was um, Matt LaFleur. No, 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 no. Now, that was Kyle Shanahan. No, no, that was Zach Tip. T- no, who was that? Sean McVay! That was who... That, who that was? That was Sean McVay. Yes. Can I no, bring one in the same? Welcome back, Lucas. In the morning. Can Last I call? Can I bring up a point about that? What? How can you have a coaching tree, and you're not even three years in as a head coach, and now everybody's talking about Sean McVay's coaching tree? Are you kidding me? Have some success, and then you maybe can have a coaching really? tree. Really? Yes. So does, does that not strike anybody's eye? So what happens eye? if he loses this weekend? That's my point. So what about this grand coaching tree everybody's talking about? This guy's got to have some success before all of his assistants can spin off. Who was it? Somebody put out a picture that was as a joke. Um, it was Bruce Arians from when he was with Arizona shaking hands with Sean McVay. Oh, and and <laughs> just like at a pregame from when he was still coaching. And then the joke was that's why he got the Tampa Bay job. <laughs> because because Sean he, he once shook hands with five Sean Five years from now. Five years from now. Who will we be talking about? Will we be talking about Arians if he's still coaching? Because he'll be over 70. Uh, will we be talking about Fangio? Will be sixty-five five years from now, or will be will we be talking about Matt Lafleur, Zach Taylor, the young group? Will we still talking about McVeigh? We'll be Shanahan. talking about we'll that McVeigh tree, and as to whether they they panned out or not. You know, whether it was a you know a success or a failure. Did they flop the these group of guys? The, the the Denver combination is interesting with Fangio being the head coach and a defensive guy. And Gary Kubiak coming out of retirement to run the offense. He won a Super Bowl at the Broncos. But they don't have enough players. And the other thing that's interesting about them is the stories coming out of Denver is that they're going to have to trade Von Miller. Now, the, the Packers missed out does on Fangio Khalil Mack. Know that? Yeah, I know. Does he know that? And two, could the Packers get in on some Von Miller? Or would you want to see him in Green Bay? Why do they have to trade Von Miller? Salary cap? Uh, salary cap reasons, uh, turning over roster reasons. What you bring age? In, hey, I mean, he's the things. face if of that franchise. Br- if I you know. bring in Fangio, it's it's for the defense. I mean, he's the defense guru. You're, right. you're not going to trade away your number one piece. I know. There, there's an article I read yesterday that was about the three best possible landing spots for a trade with Von Miller. Unfortunately, the Packers weren't one of those three that were listed. Uh, Good Samaritan, Ryan Leaf, of all people, right? Ryan Leaf? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paying the mortgage for a furloughed park ranger after his wife appealed during the shutdown. Ryan Leaf, volunteer. 
Saw that. He has put turned his, his life around. Put his uh, checkbook where his mouth is. Bucks play the Wizards tonight. Go to the Washington Post. Can, uh, Candace Buckner has a great article on Sam Decker. I read that. It was really Sam's really still into butter burgers. <laughs> yeah. Why yes. does every story about Wisconsin athletes start with food? Butter burgers and beer. That's what we do best here. I know the that's offensive line. Sam Decker. Bogle. I know. Embrace it. Good food. I like it. Look at my waistline. You think I didn't embrace hey, it? Have a good weekend. Thank you so very much uh, for listening to Lucas in the Morning, the Dan Patrick. Show is coming up next. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.